At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome aboard, National Football Show. It is your boy, Big Sills, and welcome aboard. And we always say this to you. Please hit the like button. You'll thank me later. Thank you so much for stepping in with us. We have an absolute power pack show for you today. Bottom of the hour at 3.30 Eastern time, the head basketball coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, Doc Rivers, will join us. And if traffic permitting, Phil Sims at 5.30. Phil texted us and said, listen, I'm at a camp right now with my kid, and we're having our quarterback school right now. So Phil's like, Sills, if I get back, we'll do it today. If not, we'll definitely do it tomorrow. Till then, it is me and you, and we appreciate you coming aboard as you do every day. Thank you. God, it's littered with sports right now. You know, I, I always hear the people going, you know, hey, we got to wait – 95 days or whatever until the football season. No, you don't, man. There's so much going on right now surrounding the Eagles. You got OTAs going on right now. And I'll say this to you. You know how cool it must be to show up at OTAs and you see a completely different roster with more talent on it. And you're looking around the room going, look at where we are today compared to where we were two years ago. It is always great when you get a chance to show up to work and you know you're surrounded by veterans and you're surrounded by guys that are great. I mean, without a doubt, one of the things you like to show up to work at and say, I got talent around me. And if you're the Eagles right now and you're looking at the people that they've added to the football team, you're a year older as well, coming off a really um, – promising year a year ago where you won nine ball games got to the playoffs you got to feel pretty good about yourselves coaching wise and also player wise we're going to hit on all of this here I'm going to hit on Nick Sirianni here first but I want to throw this out at you you know we kind of broached it a little bit yesterday about Kyler Murray and we kind of tied it into Jalen Hurts and he was at OTAs today and why I bring this up, do you know the number that they're throwing around for Kyler Murray? The word is in the 40s. And I'm not talking about beer. In the 40s. $40 million per. He showed up because his agent told him to show up. Steve Kime, the general manager of the place, is doing this. Yeah, he's our guy. Yeah, he's our guy. Yeah, he is our leader. The Cardinals are going to come up with a $40 million 
per year deal for him. You think the Eagles are even thinking that right now with Jalen Hurts? You think they're thinking anything of contract or money or what his value is? Or do you think, because again, think of this. After we got a good sense of what Joe Burrow was, and after you got a sense of what Josh Allen was, Buffalo started talking contract. The Bengals are already starting to talk what this guy's going to command because they want to get out in front of it. One thing you don't want to do, you don't want Joe Burrow going into a final year of a contract and have to come up with some money here. That guy want to get out in the open market? My God almighty, Joe Burrow would make $50 million in the open market today. Joe Burrow, if he was in the open market, 50 if you think Dak Prescott at $45 million, and again, we all think that that's overpaying a quarterback, what's that guy going to make? All of these general managers like Howie Roseman, they got to get in front of this. Howie did last year with Dallas Goddard, Jordan Malata. But I wonder where the Eagles are right now. Look at Steve Kime with Kyler Murray now. Think of this for a second. Kyler Murray has a couple years left on his contract. And they're starting to hit on the numbers. $40 million. I don't think he's going to get a Deshaun Watson deal. Okay? Randall says $40 million per for Kyler Murray. He's done what in the league? Well, you don't actually think that Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Kyler Murray, do you, Randall? I mean, you're telling me you think your eyes, when you watch Jalen Hurts play and you watch Kyler Murray play, you think Jalen's better than him? Now, to maybe Randall's point, okay, you got Green and you got DeAndre Hopkins and you got Connor running the ball. And you got Cliff Kingsbury as a play caller. Remember, before Kingsbury got that job, he was going to be the OC at USC. Then somehow, magically, he ends up landing the head coaching job in Arizona. Weirdest three months I've ever seen for a coach. He loses his job at Texas Tech. Becomes the OC at USC for Clay Helton. And then like a month later, the guy's the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. You're like, huh? Okay, yeah, what? Never seen that dynamic. And the guy's actually turning out to be a pretty good coach. Okay? Chris goes, wait till Hurts' agent asks for $40 million. How, how are we already thinking? Of what quarterback to draft? If Murray gets forty million per, then Lamar should get at least fifty-five. Okay, Mike. Yeah. What is Hertz's value? Has not been determined. Put Kevin's up there, Xander. That's a good one, Kevin. What is Hertz's value? It has yet to be determined. We don't know really what his value is yet. That's a great take. And it's a great angle. I have not thought, what is his value? Still a second rounder? How about this? Do you think his value even is the franchise tag? Of 29-7? You wouldn't pay 
Jalen Hurts $29 million, $30 million right now, would you? Per year, you'd pay him $30 million? How much better is he than Gardner Minshew? Right? It's $30 million a year if he's a playoff quarterback. That's a bargain in today's NFL. Well, he is a playoff quarterback. It's funny. Get this. Nobody wants to pay Baker Mayfield $18 million. But you'll pay him double that almost? So you'll pay $30 million for Jalen, but you won't pay eighteen because that's what the salary and the option was for Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. He's getting that $18 million no matter if he plays in Cleveland or he doesn't play or he plays somewhere else. That money's his. It's guaranteed. They picked the option up. So you're telling me you would pay him double almost with Baker Mayfield's worth? I might just take Baker Mayfield on my team, pick the 18 up and go, that's a bargain deal. Uh, By the way, I don't mean that. I'm thinking that money-wise. I don't don't think Jalen and Baker are that far apart in talent. They're not that far apart and he's cheaper. And you could actually afford to bring him in at 18 million, have him at 1.2 million, and he got $20 million. And it's a market deal for two quarterbacks. Pretty crazy to think that. Not that I would do that. I'm just saying, if you think the gap in talent between Mayfield and Jalen Hurts is a big canyon, it's not. 16 TDs and nine interceptions is not a $30 million a year guy. Ryan says I'd do 25. He ain't signing that. He ain't signing that. And again, the reason I'm bringing this up is because Kyler Murray's style of play is and does resemble how Jalen plays. So are we in that conversation? Do we look at that and go, and if I were Howie Roseman, I want to watch and see what Steve Kine does when it comes to a salary for him. I mean, would we not say this? The talent level on Arizona, it kind of resembles a little bit what's in Philly. Tight end, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Brown. You got a better two in Devontae. Your slot guys, Quez, good speed. Okay. Your running back position, probably not as good as Connor, but effective. You were number one in running the ball. Okay. So it's kind of comparable. So he showed up at OTAs and he's been at OTAs this week, even though he wasn't there last week. Davy Boy goes, Sills doesn't know that rushing TDs also count. I don't give a shit about rushing touchdowns. No, I don't. I don't care. Okay? I don't care about rushing touchdowns out of my quarterback. No, I don't. I do not care. Okay? The great quarterbacks that have played in this league don't give a shit either. You couldn't name me a quarterback that's in the top 20. That gave a shit about rushing touchdowns. Name me one. 
Name me one. Nobody gives a shit about rushing touchdowns out of the quarterback position. Okay? Nobody. Well, this guy had to. Who cares? I want my quarterback to win games in the pocket. Okay? I'm not talking Jalen here. I'm talking about style of play. And again, the reason that you signed a $100 million wide receiver is for one reason. Not to run the ball and have my quarterback have 10 rushing touchdowns. I want my wide receiver. I want the guy I'm paying $20 million to. To elevate my offensive passing game. Can he do it? Well, that's, again, the debate that we've had at nauseum. Don't give a shit about rushing touchdowns. Steve Young, really. Steve Young, when he left the game, Davey Boy, was the most accurate quarterback in the history of the league. And trust me when I tell you this. Steve Young, with rushing touchdowns, eh, I think he was throwing to Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens. Just my opinion. Okay, rushing touchdowns. Yeah, okay. What did he have? Four? Rushing touchdowns. Ryan Tannehill ran for seven touchdowns. Ryan, isn't it always the stiff quarterbacks that you throw at me with that? Okay, it's always the stiffs that can't throw the ball. Well, he had 10 rushing touchdowns. Who cares? Think Aaron Rodgers, who can run if he felt like it? It cares about rushing touchdowns? I don't want that style of play. And you're not paying $100 million for wide receiver to block for your rushing touchdown quarterback. 43 rushing touchdowns. I guarantee you Jalen's probably got half that number. And Steve Young played 17 years. Okay? Whatever, dude. Steve Young didn't win Super Bowls with rushing touchdowns. <laughs> oh, my God. 43 rushing touchdowns. Oh, let me see. Josh Allen threw for 36 touchdowns. He's a rushing touchdown machine. Hey, I got to look at that, man. Hang on for a second. Let's take a look at the great quarterbacks in the NFL on rushing touchdowns. Let's see how great they were on rushing touchdowns. Top 20 quarterbacks of all time passing yards. Let's see. Oh, this is a great number, man. Look at all these tremendous rushing touchdown guys. Oh, my God. This is some list here. Look at this. Tom Brady, probably a great rushing touchdown guy. Drew Brees, unbelievable rushing touchdown. He's two. Peyton Manning, that guy could take off, and he could run a sundial 40. Unreal. Number three, Brett Favre, another rushing touchdown guy. Unbelievable. Ben Roethlisberger, now there's Big Ben at his best rushing touchdown. Phillip Rivers, man, that guy could jump over four quarters and have room to spare. Let's see here. I got to get my glasses on because, you know, these guys, these rushing touchdown guys, Dan Marino, what an amazing rushing touchdown guy. There's a guy that couldn't jump over a ruler, but what a rushing touchdown guy. Eli Manning, another legend on the field and on the gridiron. Fran Tarkin, oh, man, God, he could rush. Drew Bledsoe, 
Kerry Collins. Man, these are rushing. These are all legendary rushing touchdown guys. Rushing touchdowns don't mean shit in the end when it comes to having a prolific passing attack. Even your boy Donovan McNabb knew that. What up, Zach? They count on the scoreboard. (laughs) They do. Let's see. They count on the scoreboard. Okay. Okay, let's see who the – okay. That's a great take. Who said that? They count on the scoreboard. Who are the winningest quarterbacks? One loss record in NFL history. Here we go. Let's see how many rushing quarterbacks we have. Miguel, what's up, Dan? Is Doc coming on today? 3.30, Junior. Let's see here. Most wins. Let's see how that relates to the scoreboard. Just saw it. The scoreboard. How about the most wins? Let's see how rushing quarterbacks translates into winning. Brady, 278 wins. <laughs> Peyton Manning, 200 wins. Two, two great rushing quarterbacks. Brett Favre, rushing quarterback. Drew Brees, rushing quarterback. Ben Roethlisberger's fifth, rushing quarterback. John Elway, another rushing quarterback. Dan Elway, another rushing quarterback. Joe Montana, another rushing Oh, my God, these guys. Look at these legs. Johnny Unitas. Terry Bradshaw. Here you go. Here's... How many, boy, did Russell Wilson at 17 has 113 wins. Joe Flacco, legend in running the quarterback into the end zone. Here's your boy McNabb. He's 19th. Troy Aikman, Ken Stabler, Bart Starr, Steve Young, Drew Bledsoe, Phil Sims, Len Dawson. Bob Greasy, round out your top 30. There ain't one rushing quarterback on this list that translates to wins. Stop with that stuff with, well, my quarterback had 10 rushing touchdowns and doesn't re- doesn't translate into the greatest running quarterback of all times, Michael v- uh, could be Lamar. This is the problem that Baltimore's having. They're not sure that translates into wins. He's checking the regular season boxes off because he's winning 78% of his games. But he really hasn't had a great postseason yet. Eastside Monster says something that I'm going to agree with. To be fair, Dan, the game changed, though, Big Sills. Salary cap has changed it. For sure. But isn't it funny? Let's take a look at the final four quarterbacks that were in the final four when it came to conference championships. I wouldn't say Patrick Mahomes is a rushing touchdown machine in Kansas City. Josh Allen had 36 touchdown passes. Um, Joe Burrow's not going to break any sundials or any of Hussein Bolt's records. Who else here? Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Matthew Stafford, I hear the game has changed. Well, how come the dynamic of winning from the pocket hasn't? How come that hasn't changed? You keep, the game has changed for receivers, 
for defenders. But why is it? Hey, and you know what, too, what Xander and I said? Every Monday after a playoff game, you know what we kept doing? I want me one of those. And we were talking about Jalen Hurts. And again, not shade on Jalen. We were more talking about style of play. That's why when I see Kyler Murray now talking about $40 million, really? Do you truly believe in your heart that style of play that Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, why do you think they're trying to get more talent around Josh Allen in the backfield and running the ball and getting more old linemen in the building and improving the defense because of three and outs? They're looking at longevity for Josh Allen in Buffalo. They don't want him being a 98-yard rusher, three touchdowns rushing, three touchdowns. They don't want that. You'll never last 10 years in this league. Ask Michael Vick. Ask Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a shell of himself today. Hell, Jalen Hurts had a surgery at the end of the year in his first year starting. You think that trend is changing? Again, I'm bringing this up because Kyler Murray, I see the same style. Okay? Flex, Burrow is going to be a... Burroughs changed a culture in Cincinnati. Cincinnati, Ohio. By the way, we're scheduled to have Doc Rivers at the bottom of the hour, so we'll transition tonight. Don't forget, game one of the NBA playoffs. Plus, we'll get some Sixer talk, and we will talk with him bottom of the hour, 3.30 Eastern time, so be prepared for that. Rogers' first Super Bowl can't win on his floor. Quest, name me a quarterback that's got a bet that has more postseason wins right now outside of Brady that's active. Name me one. I'll wait. Name me one. One active quarterback that has more postseason wins than Aaron Rodgers. There isn't. There isn't. By the way, what's Russell Wilson done since he went to those two Super Bowls early in his career? I'll wait on that. He's 9-7 and seven in the postseason. I brought that up yesterday. Okay? You make it sound like these quarterbacks... Peyton Manning, 14-13 and 13 in the postseason. You're making it sound like these quarterbacks have these insane postseason records because you're, 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 you're evaluating them against Brady and Montana. That's unfair. I think Joe's 16 and five. And Tom's like won 36 ball games in the postseason. Seven Super Bowls. Can't compare anything to that. The playoffs show us every year you need a quarterback that can make the throw to win. Kevin, that's exactly correct. And every year we have a conversation on whether or not the style of play. Here, let me ask you this. And tell me if you agree. Don't you think the Eagles are also debating this? If you're debating this in Baltimore or you're debating this in Arizona this week with OTAs, you think the Eagles are not sitting here going, can we win like this? And by the way, I'm not talking about winning, just winning. I'm talking about being a championship contender every year. 
Okay? That's what I'm saying. Look, watch this. If you're satisfied with 9-10 wins, this style of play might be for you. But if you're looking, hey, by the way, you didn't win that Super Bowl in 17 with this style of play. You won it with a pocket passer. And the guy who got hurt at 11-2 and two is a pocket passer. How did you get here? How did you get from Nick Foles and Carson Wentz who delivered a Super Bowl as a tandem to this? What has changed your opinion? Because the guy works hard. He's a good dude. By the way, I checked into Sports Take earlier. And I heard some analysts on there go, well, this is the first time that he's had a coordinator two years. So you had Nick Saban, Steve Sarkeesian. You had Lincoln Riley. You had Doug Peterson. Those aren't shitty coaches. Those are some of the best coaches on the planet. They may be different systems, and I grant you that. But don't tell me that Jalen Hurts hasn't had the best coaches on the planet, plus being coached by his pop. I don't subscribe to that. My coach was Nick Saban and Lincoln Riley. And my coordinator's the head coach of the Texas Longhorns. How is that shitty coaching? I get the consistency. You like to have the same guy in the... I get it. He's right. But don't tie that in to Jalen not having had the best coaches around him. That's not true. I mean, that's something that you're using as a freeway off-ramp for him. Okay? Can't call Allen. Dude, anybody who call, calls Allen names is an idiot. Josh Allen's getting the best coaching he's ever had in his life in Buffalo. You think he got great coaching at Wyoming? He wasn't even a top high school prospect coming out of college or high school. So the best coaching that he has had has been in the NFL. Brian Dable, Ken Dorsey, Sean McDermott have given him the best coaching he's ever had in Buffalo. And it's showing he's improving mightily every year. By the way, at the end of this year, Josh Allen might be the best quarterback in the NFL when everything is said and done. That game against Patrick Mahomes made people do this. Holy shit, this guy is on the rise. Because I left that game going like this. Next three years, man, that guy's going to be unstoppable. Okay? Josh Allen could be the best quarterback in the game at the end of the year. Plus, you're putting talent around him. You're improving the running game. You got great coaching. We'll see if that Brian Dable move for Dable going to the Giants is an effect on how they approach games now. Because, look, it's a different play caller. We all know when Frank Wright left Carson Wentz, that was a complete different dynamic when it came to play calling for him. When you lose a coordinator, hey, you, you want to hear something? Tom Moore was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator for over a decade. For 10 straight years, Tom Moore was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator. Do you know who Ben Roethlisberger's? Um, coordinator was for the majority of his first start of his career, it was Bruce Arians. 
So when you have that dynamic, I'm not going to get away from having the fact that if you have consistency at your play caller, that's going to help the growth of your quarterback too. I get that. You're right. Daz says, I don't understand how you can defend Hurts. Daz, because they like him. And, 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 and it's cool. Hey, we're talking on June 2nd like this. It's cool. But no need to get personal with the damn dude. I like Jalen. I'm rooting for him to succeed. I know some of you don't. Hey, I'm pointing out what I see. Not what I'm hoping for. You guys are talking about what you're hoping for. There's a complete different dynamic in how I'm presenting this and how you're taking this and where it's landing for you. You take it as bashing. I'm taking it as what I see today. You guys are talking in ifs and in fantasy. Well, let's see. I'll show you. Okay. Dude, we're rooting for them. Who's not? Nobody's rooting for the Eagles to fail, which means if he fails, they fail. Nobody's doing that here. There's nobody on the planet rooting for him to fail. We're pointing, or I am, pointing out what I see. How do you translate that into not facts? Some, some of you guys go like this. Well, Seals, you flip-flopped. Well, because... If I'm flip-flopping, that means Jalen Hurts' play is inconsistent. I'll tell you one thing I don't flip-flop on is Tom Brady. Okay? I flip-flop on Aaron Rodgers. Great regular season. Watch this. Here's, here's my evaluation how I see some of the great quarterbacks in the game. Just so you know, it's not all Jalen. Aaron Rodgers, best thrower of the football I've ever seen. Maybe the greatest talent. Unbelievable the way he spins the ball. Great in the regular season, inconsistent in the postseason, even though he's won a Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford, really a great year in Los Angeles. And some pretty good years up in Detroit. Not great. Is he a Hall of Famer? No, I compare him to Drew Bledsoe. Maybe a tick above Drew. How do you see Kyler Murray? I don't like that style of play to win a Super Bowl. He can win some games, and I'll tell you what, He's really fun to watch. It's like watching a Madden game. Same thing with Lamar Jackson, like watching a Madden game. Watching uh, Jalen Hurts, like watching a Madden game. What other quarter? Josh Allen, um, he's an anomaly. Special. Trey Lance, I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo, it's weird, but that guy wins, and he wins consistently. His win percentage has been incredible, and he's 5-2 and two in the postseason. Would I want him on my team? Absolutely. That's how I see guys because that's what they are. Okay? To, what, what's happened is you're giving a dude so much credit for showing up on I, – I guess in – you know, I guess in today's sports world, I guess showing up on time and working hard, guys get pats on the back for that now. We're in my time, and I guess I'm sounding like, oh, man, get off my lawn. I thought those were givens. Hey, and one, and one more time here. I'm not rooting for that kid to fail. Don't ever think that. Not at all, man. Not at all. I'll tell you something. I got to tell you a story before I bring Doc Rivers on here. 
used to play golf with Doc back in the day. And we used to have a guy called the Shot Doctor when he was on in Orlando. And Doc, I think, came out of the broadcast booth to take the magic gig. And this team was after, like, the Penny Hardaway and O'Neal moves and all those guys got taken out. And Doc took this team. And I'll tell you what, he's my favorite NBA coach, and he joins us right now here on with Big Sills. Doc, I got to tell you, man, those days going back and playing golf with Shot Doctor, Shot Doctor straightening out your drive, man. Yeah, look, look at where we are now here, Doc. I appreciate you jumping aboard, man. Hopefully you had a great yeah, that was a Dan, that was a heck of a year. I always go back to that. Um, you know, I always said, I don't know if that was a blessing or a curse, because from that point on, it seems like every job that I've received, it's like, let's try to rebuild the culture and redo it. I did it in Boston, and yeah, you know, but that Orlando job, uh, man, I remember we made, I think, 37 trades that year, something like that. Uh, Sports Illustrated picked us to be the worst team in NBA history. Actually, what's funny is they said that we were going to break the the Philadelphia 76ers record uh, of, of having the worst season, and we end up going 500. I win Coach of the Year. It was a fun season, um, but that really that that shaped me. That shaped me coaching. I, you know, we played all these young guys, and uh, we had a bunch of vets at the same time that. I had gotten coaches. You remember I told you the story. I got coaches, a call from other coaches telling me not to take like half the veterans that I had. You know, all of them are bad guys. I mean, it was crazy. But for a young coach coming into the NBA, I would say that if, unless you adopt a great team, that's the perfect situation because you learn everything. You're put in every position and, and, and it helps you uh, for the future. Doc, do you think you had the most fun with that job than any other job you've ever had? I had a lot of fun. You know, obviously, you win a title with a group of guys with the Celtics in 2008. Uh, it's, it's hard to, to, to change that fun that you had there. But if, if it wasn't the funnest my first year, first couple of years in Orlando was right up there. You know, it's funny. I still stay in contact with most of that group. I got a call the other day from John Amici all the way from London, you know. And wow. So you just, you just really um, – that's the, I didn't know that when I got into coaching. I didn't know that part of it. I got into coaching because of the love of basketball. Um, I stayed in the coaching because of the relationships. Um, and, and, you know, I've learned, like, some of those relationships are tough at the time because you're trying to get a player to change. You're trying to teach a player, a young player. And so that's very difficult. And then later on when you leave, uh, and these guys start calling you back, you realize a lot of your stuff that you did for them uh, turned out to be pretty good stuff. Absolutely. Doc, I stay in touch with Jimmy Johnson. He was my pro and college coach, and I love that man to this day. I, you know what? I always used to say this to him, uh, Doc, and I've brought this up with people before. He's on my ass about something, and I looked at him one day at practice, and I go, man, why are you always on my ass? He goes, worry when I'm not. That's that is. I literally in one of my closeout meetings to one of my players uh, on the Sixers. I literally told him that line. I said, "Listen, as long as I'm on you, you're in good standings." Uh, that's, that's for damn sure. I'm looking at you as something you can be. When I stop being on you and stop saying things, you are either a super superstar or I've given up. You don't want that. You know? No, 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 no. Yeah. Doc. Let's let's go in let's go in chronological order this year. The 2021-22 76ers season 
was what to you? You know, it was a good season. Um, it was it was a tumultuous season is what it was, you know. But we knew that going in, Dan. It w- wasn't a surprise. We had the Ben Simmons situation, uh, which was difficult. It was difficult for the team. It was difficult uh, for the coaches, everybody, you know. Uh, but so if you just look at that, and up until the point that we made a trade, um, I think you would look at our season and say, wow, their second best player was out. And yet at that point, they were one game out of first place in the East. That's doing something. You know, uh, Joel was was phenomenal uh, all year. And so he carried that. Um, I thought uh, Tyrese Maxey, uh, I thought, honestly, he looked at most improved player. I don't know how he didn't win it, uh, in my opinion. But listen, uh, but what he did was phenomenal. I thought Tobias Harris, you know, I thought early on he struggled, but by midseason he kind of bought into the road that we needed him to play for the rest of the season. I thought he was amazing. So yeah, it was a it was a good season in that return because we had a lot of uh, what I always call clutter, uh, and then we make the trade. So um, I look at it as a good season, but you you, you know how I'm built. Um, great is only for the winner. Um, good is for everybody else and average is for teams less than that. Uh, so I would put us as a good season. Doc, can I, I'm, I'm going to say something here to you and it aggravates me every time I hear you do this because I know you. Doesn't it bug you that you have to defend yourself all the time in your resume and the stuff that you've done? I mean, you well, know, because I hear people criticizing you and I go, man, it's got to kill him to have to tell nobody's what we've accomplished. You had the greatest era in Clipper basketball. Nobody gives you credit. I mean, dude, outside of Larry Brown, that thing was a train wreck with that owner, the situation there. Look at the situations that you've had to deal with at every stop except Orlando. And doesn't it bug you, though, Doc, you have to defend yourself always? Well, I, I don't I don't ever try to defend what I've done in the past because no one can take that away from me. You know, I've been successful then everywhere I've gone. Uh, Orlando, right. we turnaround and we did that uh boston to me was the biggest turnaround like they hadn't won in forever uh danny Ainge and i had a vision we knew it was going to take time uh we knew we were going to take some lumps during that time but we did it and we ended up winning a title and you know listen if not for injury of kevin garnett who knows how many titles we could have won there uh still uh you win a title you get to the finals you lose in the game seven uh, then you go to a, a Clipper organization that uh, organizationally was struggling for its inception. And, you know, the one thing I look back on that, I, th- we turned that around. That's a place now. When I took that job, I said, I want this team to be a team looked upon as where every free agent wants to go. We start out doing the Lakers in L.A., which was unheard of. We were getting free agents over the Lakers. We turned it around. Um you know, that last year, it was a bubble season. So, listen, you can't get that back. Uh, but then, I, I, you know, I took the job here in Philadelphia. Same thing. You know, they had uh, got swept out of the first round. Uh, we come in there in the first year and win the East in the regular season. You know, obviously, the playoffs, we get to the second round and uh, had a uh, game seven at home to lose. You know, as a coach, you, you take that. You don't like that, but it's part of – what, what you go through. You know, obviously, uh, Ben struggled, but we all struggled in game seven. Um, and then this year was tough because, listen, we make a trade and 
uh, the whole situation. Then Joel gets hurt. You know, I, I only thing that I laughed at is, you know, who's the blame? Uh, we had all the year. Our best player didn't play the first two games. Our best player just had surgeries on both hands. And yet somehow we were expected to still, I guess, win that series. And if we don't, then let's blame somebody. I don't play the blame game. I'm just not a big fan of that. Um, you know, you take accountability all the time as a coach and as a system. Uh, and you just keep building. I came here and my goal is to turn this into a championship organization and a championship team. Um, how many years that takes, who knows? Uh, but I love where we're at right now. Uh, I think we have a chance. This is a huge summer for us, Dan. Uh, but hey, you just got some good news that you're going to be able to go in the first round this year and draft because Brooklyn deferred it until next year. Said that's got to be um, some good news too going into the summer. I don't know if that's good news or not. Yet. <laughs> we'll find that out because it's not like we have a great pick, but right. it's another asset that we can maybe build. And so, um, you know, you always take a first round pick if you can get one. And the fact that we got that back is good. Uh, but this is an important summer. You know, I believe we'll bring James back uh, and get that signed. At least I'm hoping we do uh, with Joel, with Tyrese, with, with Tobias. We got to build from there and, and add some add players, obviously, but the right players. Man, we have to get the right guys here uh, so we can take the next step. So the James Harden, you lead me there. Um, wasn't James Harden, Houston James Harden. But again, new systems. Um, the Brooklyn situation, obviously, he comes to you. Um, is there a plan to re-sign him? And you want it? How about this, Doc? Do you want him back for the upcoming NBA season? And do you think Daryl Morey and the organization wants him back this year? Yeah, I think we all do. And and absolutely at the right price. Well, just we want him back. I don't get into okay. the part. Uh, one thing I've learned as a coach is don't get into the negotiation part. Listen, whatever he signs for, uh, good for him. And, and that's the way you look at it. And whatever organization can get for him, good for us. Uh, but at the end of the day, once all that part is done, uh, we got to be a one, if you know what I'm saying. And so um, I think James is has a lot of basketball left in him. Um, I think he's a better version, obviously, uh, of what we all saw. Uh, but I, do, I don't take light. Like, this guy came off injury. Um, you know, he had to get in better shape, which I thought he did that for us. Uh, and I saw some things that James can do. Uh, and it's one of the biggest needs we had. Uh, and that's being, uh, you know, a facilitator, but also a score. We need him to be do both. And I think he will do both. I'm, I'm confident he can. A couple last questions for you here, Doc. Um, you mentioned before the Benz. How much did that linger, do you think, over the team? And over your coaching with the players, that whole dynamic. And again, no shade on anybody here. I'm talking about your group. I'm not talking so much about Ben, but the situation on how that was turbulent around your locker room and your style of coaching. How much did it play a factor with the noise? That's what my coach called it. He called it noise in the locker yeah, I room. Yeah, call it clutter. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's funny. I have a great uh, relationship with Jimmy Johnson and. You know, uh, he, he, you're right. He always calls it noise. I call it clutter. Listen, it, it had an impact, um, but it, it came in waves. It was really interesting. I thought early on, you know, let's be honest. We knew it was coming, coming to the season. Uh, I was hopeful. You know, I really was. I, I um, 
we had a couple of good meetings. We thought maybe Ben would, would play. And, you know, once he didn't, you know, I thought we needed to get through camp. That was that was where the most clutter was because every day our players had to answer that question. And then even early into the season. But once we got into the season, Dan, I thought our guys focused on the guys that were on the floor. Uh, and they did a great job there. Uh, what people didn't see behind the scenes at times, you know, we would have been at practice and things like that. Uh, that became disruptive for me. Uh, but I kind of really tried to do a good job of isolating that from the team. Uh, but overall, listen, life's not always smooth and easy. And that's okay. Like, you deal with it. I've always been like, it is what it is, guys. We're going to deal with it. We're going to keep moving on and focusing. I thought Joel was great in his leadership and Tobias, I think, and Denny Green. I think those three guys should get a lot of credit for how the team performed through all that clutter finally here i'm going to ask you the question you probably hate the most who do you like in tonight's uh finals i mean <laughs> hey every time i ask a coach this uh, you know my vacation i don't know but yeah. again put your broadcasting um headsets back on again who do you like um celtics or golden state warriors i don't know who i like tonight you know uh because it's not about tonight it's about who gets the floor first um, I'm, I, I don't know why I always linked her defense and no people are going to call me because I was a Celtic and all that. Uh, but that's not why, you know, it's funny. I talked to a couple of broadcasters who were doing the game. They asked me my opinion. I said, I just think defense wins. They're both solid defensive basketball teams, but the Celtics, uh, defense this year from Christmas on, uh, is elite and teams like that rarely lose. So that's what I would say. Okay, I have one more sneaky one here. What's a tougher um, fan base to uh, coach in front of, Boston or Philly? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't think either. Neither one bothers me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't mind passion. Hey, Doc, pretty tough group. <laughs> yeah, they're all – both of them are they're really tough groups. But, but I would rather have passion, people getting on you, people cheering for you, than people who don't care. You know, and I've been in that too before. Uh, and give me the guys that care. That doesn't mean they're right. And one thing I've always said, I don't really care what at times they who they want you to play and all that stuff. I'm the coach. I got to do what's best for the team and live with it. Uh, but I would rather have that attention and that passion because then the one thing I will tell you, if you get it right, there is no better fan base. In, in no situations, and in Boston and Philly and New York, I guess those would be the three. Um, if you can get it right, if you can pull it off, um, then what you get for that is better than any other city you can live in. So I tell my players that all the time. It's worth it. Uh, drown it out. Drown out all the noise and keep your head doing your work, and that's what I do. Well, you tell all my friends and Dr. Phillips I said, hi, Doc. I appreciate it. You know my love for you, man. You're one of my favorite people, not just coaches on the planet, because you talk to your players from the heart, man. It'll always be my friendship with you, and I thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Doc. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. You got it. That is Doc Rivers, the head basketball coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, good. Some good stuff there, man. Hey, don't forget, Morgan & Morgan, our good friends. Where the fee is free, my friends. That means this. If you're hurt or injured on the job, one of the most important things that you can possibly do is find an attorney for you and your family. That's right. Hey, for the people, 
It's not just a slogan. That's who they are. It's what they are. They represent all these millions of people over the years, 30 years. They've collected over $13.5 billion worth of compensation for their clients. 800 attorneys strong. That's who Morgan & Morgan is. They're the biggest casualty law firm in the country. Nobody's bigger. There is no such thing as a fender bender when it comes to Morgan & Morgan. That's what they do. That's who they are. They have offices in Philadelphia, New York, Florida, and all across the country ready to do battle for you and service what your needs are. The consultation is free. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The consultation is free. 800-512-1600. Open 24-7, seven days a week. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sills sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan, forthepeople.com. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality rings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. 
Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show with your boy, Big Sills. We are still working on our friend, also Phil Sims. For hour number three, 530 Eastern time, I want to thank my friend, Doc Rivers, for stepping in with us. I've known Doc a long time, man. He was spectacular. So if you missed any of that interview, please go back and watch it a little bit later on, too, as we continue. Hit the like button. Thank you guys for stepping in with us. We so appreciate it. I'm going to ask you about overhyping a team like the Eagles. But first and foremost, I want to ask you guys something. It's about Deshaun Watson. I love how the narrative is out there that, well, it's 23. Do, do, do people subscribe to this narrative? Well, 23 women can't be lying. Right? 23 women can't be lying when it comes to these civil suits. Okay. Do, do you do you subscribe to that? Do you do you believe? Come on, Dan. Twenty three people. Okay. Uh, uh, Chris, I also heard Miles Garrett say, "When you see Deshaun Watson throw a football, you know he's special." So I'm going to take. What you just said, and I'm going to take what Miles Garrett said and say, I'm going to go with Miles Garrett. Because Miles Garrett says, um, yeah, this guy is special. How many people are following down the idiotic pencil pushers and the sports media people that say this? Well, 23 women can't all be lying. They're represented by one guy. A lawyer lying? Really? Tony Busby represents all 23 of those women. So you're under the assumption liars don't or lawyers don't lie. Really? One guy represents every woman that has brought 23 civil suits, which is money against Deshaun. It's not 23 women lying. It's one lawyer maybe lying. I completely defend Deshaun Watson. Do I think he did some inappropriate things and there should be a suspension? Yeah. Four games. Nothing more. Okay. Nothing more. Because there's nothing been criminally charged against him. Now, if there were criminal charges, then we're talking a different conversation. Then he's got to pay more than just restitution. But we're talking about criminal charges versus civil charges. I don't give a shit about civil charges. If you can't put him in jail, I don't care. I don't care. It's not my business. A lawyer. Oh, no, I'm taking the word of a lawyer. Really? Really? Okay. Okay. Right. You know, because I, 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 I saw somebody on my 
Facebook make that comment. All 23 can't be lying. That's not the case. All 23 are being represented by one dude, Tony Busby. Come on, man. Hey, by the way, top of the hour, I've got my top 20. Let me see. What is it? It's my top 20. Big Sills. 25 and under. Top players in the NFL. How many of your Eagles are on it? NFL, top 20. 25 and under. Players in the NFL. We're going to do that at the top of the hour. Okay? You think this Eagle team is being overhyped? You think there's too much hype going around this team right now? And how do you think they're handling it? Um, actually, I think the players are doing a pretty good job. Okay? Here's what's, here's what's happening media-wise, though. We're building them up. Yours, yours truly included in this. We're building these guys. I, I got them winning the NFC. We're building these guys up for a gigantic failure if something goes sideways. Okay, right? Oh, they've improved here. They've improved there. You know, the more I look at it, the Eagles have added good components through a year in the system. Devontae Smith is going to be more mature as a player, which means bigger, hopefully, and stronger. You're adding more leadership on defense. Okay, Jonathan Gannon. Okay. Do you think this team is getting too much love? I don't have a problem with expectations when we're talking about elevating because I tell you guys this all the time. As long as you don't turn it into a sideshow, and where I'm going here with this, I tell you about this all the time. For me, I want to strive for greatness and perfection and being the best I possibly can because you know you're not going to get there. I told you one of my favorite sayings of all time. I've brought it up before. You learn to live with greatness because if you're striving for that one perfect thing and you're striving to be great all the time and you're strive, you're always going to be in contention. I don't want to just compete. This team is just a competing team right now. They're going to compete. But when they have to contend like they did a year ago, they got their heads pushed in against good teams. There's got to get to a point this year. And when I look at this schedule, that Minnesota game two at home at the link is going to tell me about two football teams, the Minnesota Vikings and the Philadelphia Eagles. One team is going to ascend. And one team is not. There are a lot of good football players in Minnesota. By the way, I know some of you don't give a shit about what goes on in Detroit, but people are pretty happy with what Dan Campbell and Chris Spielman and people are doing up there with that Lions team. These guys in Detroit are hungry. They haven't had 
a good coach in that building in a long time. And they're ready. They're going to fight their asses off. I'm not saying that the Eagles are going to lose. I'm not even in that conversation. I'm saying you don't have a football team in Philadelphia where you could just throw your helmet on the field and whoop teams. And Ray says, we're going to F up the Vikings this year. I sure hope so. Okay. Jordan says, I live here. They're really excited. You should be. The only thing, Jordan, I do think you need a quarterback. Okay. I do think the Lions need a quarterback. I've never been sold. Okay. I've never been sold on uh, Jared Goff. I just haven't. Hey, Jordan. Because the reason you have hope is because you're seeing some tangible things. Jordan, I was up there for a cup of coffee in Detroit. It's a great fan base. It's an absolutely great fan base. Okay? My top 20, my top 20, 25 and under NFL players. I'm going to do that at the top of the hour. Do me a favor, please. Hit the like button, hour two. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS, not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan for the people.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Number two, Big Seals, National Football Show. Do me a favor, hit the like button. Thank you so much. Man, that hour flew. Hour three, we are working on Phil Sims. He's at his football camp, he and his son. So he's going to try for 5.30, okay? It's tentative. I think we're going to get him at 5.30, if not today, tomorrow. So just keep that on your programming schedule, and we'll keep you updated on it too as well. So please hit the like button here. So what do you guys make of Julian Laurie? being put in the line of potential leadership with the Eagles. I, you know, some people would say, what's his football background? That's irrelevant. That's irrelevant. I don't give a shit if my owner has a football background. My owner is supposed to have a business background. I don't care if my owner knows what an RPO is. I don't care if my owner doesn't know what a 43 or 34 or 46 defense is. I don't care. I want to make sure that he has business structure. I don't need my potential son who could take over for me one day to be in my draft room going, oh, I think we should take the kid from Ole Miss. I, I, I don't want to hear that. What's his football background? You think any of these owners outside of Jerry Jones? Jerry Richardson a couple years ago was one of the only guys ever to play in the NFL that was a, league, that was a team owner that owned a team in the league, played for the Colts. I mean, George Hallis was one of the founding, not very many guys who played in the NFL are team owners. These guys are businessmen, charts, chart tank kind of guys, Mark Cuban. I want an owner to stay out of the way, build a culture like Bob Kraft has. That's a perfect owner. Bob Kraft is the perfect owner. Hire the right people to do the right things, stay out of the way until I have to mediate something. Deflate gate, bounty gate. <laughs> He's the best owner ever. And since Bob Kraft is a, how's Bob Kraft not in the Hall of Fame and Jerry Jones is? Bob Kraft has had triple the success that Jerry Jones has had. He's not in the Hall of Fame. He, you, you know, Chris goes billionaire scum. You know, you know what I don't do when I sit at football games? I'm sitting at Lincoln Financial, MetLife, or wherever I'm at. One thing I don't do is this. You know, the owner of the team. You know, I hope he fixes the bathrooms. 
I don't give a shit about that stuff. We talk about Howie Roseman. We talk about Nick Sirianni. We talk about guys like that. My owner's supposed to be out of the way. So when I see this and people commenting, well, what do you think Julian Lurie's uh, role is going to be? Who cares? As long as he's out of the way. And he's going to keep a good foundation of a good environment, which the Eagles have. The Eagles have the best environment and the best organization in Philly. The Phillies are a train wreck. The Sixers have a lot to work through. The Flyers haven't been relevant really in 47 years. The Eagles are carrying the mail now. Since 95, when he's owned that team, it's been pretty productive. It's been pretty successful. All in all. <laughs> right? Davey Boy says, Nassils, you're looking at it wrong. Has won more, but this is a business, and despite all the winning, the Cowboys are worth as a fan, I don't give a shit what my team's worth. You're looking at it through a business lens. I'm looking at it through a dude sitting in a seat at Lincoln Financial eating a hot dog. You must be a Wall Street guy or something. I want to know if my football team's going to win 10 games and contend for a Super Bowl. Whether or not my team is worth 10 cents or $10 billion, I could care less. That's not for me to have any concern over. I don't, I don't care about that. Manster, thank you. We should laugh here. From a fan's perspective, Kraft is a better owner from a business perspective. Okay. From a business perspective? So you look at your Eagles through a business perspective and you look at through the kaleidoscope of business? I, 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 maybe I do a little bit because it's kind of what I do for a living, but dude, I look at through the binoculars of a fan or Howie's binoculars. <laughs> okay. I mean, right. I mean, I, I don't look at it that way. The NFL's a business. Not to me, man. To me, it's civic pride and community pride. Okay. Dude, I don't sit around reading the Wall Street Journal to see if Jeffrey Lurie's investments are doing well. <laughs> I don't care. All I look at every year at the end of the season in December, what the one loss record for the Eagles are. That's my stock market. My stock market, okay, my stock market is the one loss column. That's my Dow Jones. And I would say that's what 90% of the Eagle fan base looks at it. That's their Dow Jones, one loss record. No, my bottom line is one loss, baby, and Lombardi trophies. You are a stock guy and over-the-counter over, over trader. Yeah, man, some of you guys, man, are big money guys, man. You guys are country club guys. Not me, man. I'm not a country club guy. I sit down in South Philly, man. And eating gabagool. <laughs> yeah, right? All right. Hey, real quick here. I want to say something before I get into my top 25. It's actually top 20, 25 and under NFL players. I put a list together of the top 20 players, 
25 and under. I want to do that. And let me throw this at you here. What kind of coach do you think Nick Sirianni is right now? Do we agree he's different than Andy Reid, Chip Kelly, and Doug Peterson? Those three guys wanted to do things their way, right? They had a plan. They wanted to do it their way. They really didn't want to deviate too much off that. And they believed they knew what was the best for the team, for the locker room, you know, for a player. Right? So it's kind of – that's the difference. And would you not agree? That's the glaring difference between Sirianni and the previous three coaches. Right? The previous three coaches, these guys had a plan. It was on paper. They weren't going to deviate. The, the difference that I see with Nick is his ability to learn, his ability to adjust. And you saw that, and I'm just wondering, was that an anomaly or is that really a coaching style? Because if it's a coaching style, it's a fabulous coaching style that definitely is different than your three previous coaches that have held the headsets in Philly. Okay. It's completely different. You know, he he's either going to be a home run and there's something else that he is here. This guy knows how to work the room. He knows how to adjust. What will be the next steps for him? You know, we talk about Jalen hurts all the time. And we talk about what his next steps are going to be. In my opinion, his greatest coaching is going to come this year because that's a style of player that he's not used to coaching. And he still won nine ball games with him or eight ball games with him. He ended up winning another game with a backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew. So Nick's first year, think about that. Never, never coached that style of quarterback with an RPO kind of kid, got a backup quarterback to win a ball game. They won nine games. It's a pretty good first year. And with the schedule that you have, we're talking about maybe even furthering the education of Nick Sirianni here. Okay? So, actually, Dave, I'm talking about Sirianni. See how people take 4% of what you say and don't even listen to you? God. Some people have shit in their ears. Unbelievable, man. So Sirianni's growth, in my opinion, this year, will be in his ability to be able to lift Jalen, to elevate A.J. Brown, to improve on what we're talking about here with Devontae Smith, and to coach Jonathan Gannon. Tell you what, man, the one difference and the biggest difference I'll say to you guys that Nick Sirianni has is that he's his ability to adapt and his ability to adjust on the fly is better than your three previous coaches. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be better than Doug Peterson or he's going to be better than Andy Reid or he's even going to be better than Chip Kelly. Chip got out to a good start, too. 
But what I'm saying is he's laid the kind of cement where the players, when they walk into the locker room, you're doing this, okay? You're walking into the room and you go, well, he'll listen. That's all the player wants, man. Flex says, I think Nick, in all honesty, got Andy Reid a tight potential. He's a player's coach, but when you're making stupid plays, he will chew you out and air hurts out. And again, eh, you know what, man? I don't really like coaches uh, calling out players after games. You're in it with us. You know what I'm saying? You're in it with us, dude. You know, those coaches that always do this. Hey, talk to the quarterback, do this. I, I hate that. You're in it with us, guy. You can't get any credit and take all the credit when winning is there. And all of a sudden, when the losing's there, oh, it's all them. It's not me. That's Urban Meyer's BS. Okay? All right. As advertised, my top 20. 25 and under NFL football players. These are the future faces of the NFL. Here are my top 20, 25 and under NFL players. Number 20, Devin White, 24 years of age, Buccaneers linebacker. He might be the best player on that Bucs defense. He is some ball player, man. If I'm not mistaken, I think he's an LSU kid. Man, that kid can play. Man, I mean, sideline to sideline. Not the tallest or biggest guy on the planet. But this kid can play, man. He, he is, without a doubt, a spectacular player. I think you guys are going to be disappointed if you're writing names like that down because there's not very many Eagles on here because they're not better than these players. Jesse Bates, Bengals, safety. That kid is a future superstar at safety. 25 years of age. What an absolute, unbelievable football player he is. I mean, you watch him. And on a very underrated Cincinnati Bengals defense, I thought he really shined. Number 18, DJ Moore, 25 years of age, Panthers, wide receiver. For a system that doesn't have a signal caller, this guy's putting up production numbers. He's talented. He's big. Man, what a really good-looking talent. Now all they have to do is find him a quarterback. Number 17, by the way, these are the top 20, 25 and under NFL players, according to Big Sills. Fred Warner, 25 years of age, 49ers linebacker. Man, watch him for a buck. He's got the 20-foot rule. All you have to see is 20 feet of film of him, and you know he's a ball player. That's an old Fred Akers line. All I need to see is 20 20 feet of film, <laughs> I knew if this kid was a ball player or not, okay? What a great player. Number 16, Michael Parsons, 22 years of age. Say it again. Michael Parsons is 22. Cowboys, linebacker. 
you know, I, I heard comparisons to Lawrence Taylor, which I thought was a complete reach. Smile, really? I didn't realize that Warner was a third rounder. Maybe that's a good sign for Nicobe Dean. Fred Warner was a third rounder? <laughs> oh, man. He's some ball player, man. Michael Parsons, I mean, right? Number 15, Rashawn Slater, 23, Chargers, offensive tackle. If it wasn't for some of the other rookies that we saw last year, Slater would have been the rookie of the year. What an absolute great-looking tackle. And he's 23 years of age. Some of these guys, man. Number 14, 23 years of age. Chase Young, Commanders, defensive end. It'll be interesting to see how he responds coming off that injury. But prior to that injury, rookie of the year, I mean, unbelievable. Number 13, Raquan Smith, 25 years of age, Bears, linebacker. One of the reasons why they're looking to deal Robert Quinn. Another kid can rush the passer, sideline to sideline. One of the bright spots on the Chicago Bears is this kid here. Number 12, A.J. Brown, 25, Eagles, wide receiver. Look at his numbers. A.J.'s been an amazing football player in his first couple of years in Tennessee, and that's with Ryan Tannehill. Hard to believe that the Titans – would move off would, would would move off of AJ Brown at 25 years of age he's 25 he's my 12th and i see gt's coming into the room here i'm doing big sales's top 20 25 and under nfl players Number 11, DK Metcalf, 24, Seahawks. This guy looks like a freight train when he runs routes. Not the greatest route runner. You put him in a straight line or he is in open space, he won't run you over. Like AJ, these two guys have a lot of similarities. You could probably flip-flop these two here, okay? You could probably flip-flop these two players at this um, juncture here. Number 10, here we go, top 10 now. 25 and under, top NFL players. Jarrar Alexander, Packers, cornerback, 25 years of age. Probably the best defensive back that they've had since Charles Woodson. What a good-looking football player, too. And how about this? The Packers are starting to build on defense. They're starting to build on the other side of the football, knowing full well that they're going to have to be good on that side of the football because Rodgers is leaving soon. But this kid, Alexander, can play. Number nine, Jonathan Taylor, 23 Colts running back, 1,800 yards last year. Best running back that they've had since Marshall Falk and Edron James. 
isn't it funny how the Colts always have really great dynamic running backs, you know, like that, right? Number eight, Tristan Wirfs, 23, Buccaneers, offensive tackle. By the way, the kid follows me on Twitter, and I'm trying to get him on the program. You talk about one of the great young offensive tackles in the game. If this kid stays on his projections, he's going to go to Canton. He is a great-looking football player. I mean, finding offensive tackles in today's NFL is almost as difficult as is finding a quarterback. That's why, and I say this to you guys all the time, that's why finding guys like in the open market that are quality offensive linemen, you just don't see that. You know, I was talking about trading Landon Dickerson, you know, and he would command a first-round draft choice. Some of the guys that they have, um, that Jeff Stoutland has been developing, man, they, they have so many first-round assets over there that are young guys. Number seven, Kyler Murray, 25, Cardinals, quarterback. He's in line right now to get 40 to $45 million is what they're negotiating. We opened our show out with that. And he's 25 years of age. And we're talking about 40 to $45 million. Steve Kahn, the general manager, and the head coach were just re-upped. And the reason they wanted to get those two guys re-upped is because they wanted to address the quarterback to let the quarterback know that there's stability in the building. The reason he's at OTAs. Okay? Yeah, you're right, GT. A guy who's going to make $45 million. And by the way, what were the Cardinals before Kyler Murray showed up? What were they before he showed up? Someone help me out. Here's another guy to change the culture around. Are you under some impression that the Bidwells have some sort of successful program in Arizona? Number six. Number six. Should I do it? Justin Jefferson. 23 years of age. Vikings. Wide receiver. Contract negotiations have started this week at $26.7 million. On a contract extension. For a guy in his first two years has put up 3,000 yards. And averaging eight touchdowns and 140 catches. <laughs> what the? And you passed on him? The Eagles passed on him. You guys get that quarterback position, right? Or that wide receiver position, right? Don't you? Yeah. Hey, there's Xander's point, too, even more so. Kirk Cousins sucks, too. Cousins sucks. Jalen's better than Cousins. Yet the receiver at 23 is going to get $26.7 million. Boy, <laughs> can I suck like that? <laughs> oh, my God. $26.7 million. They started negotiating with Justin Jefferson. Oh, Wait to hear this one here. 
<laughs> hey, Xander's right. You think Justin Jefferson is in love with Kirk Cousins? I know you aren't. But right now, Justin Jefferson's doing this. Dear God, don't let Kirk Cousins get hurt or traded. Thank you. I'm averaging 145 catches a year and 1,500 yards and eight touchdowns. Thank you, God. Make him suck even more. Boy, that's a horrible quarterback. And you got Thielen on the other side. You got Thielen on the Hey, what is, what is Adam Thielen's numbers? I'm, at, I'm getting to the top five here. Hang on. I got to see with Thielen. He's the number two guy. Oh, Cousins is feeding. Adam Thielen, wide receiver, Viking stats. Love Siri. Here we go. Adam Thielen stats. Here we go. Let's see if let's, okay. So, cousin sucks. All right. Adam Thielen, your second wide receiver. Uh, seventy catches, seven hundred twenty-six yards in thirteen games. He had 10 touchdowns last year. Boy, Kirk Cousins sucks. Year before that, played in 15 games, 925, 74 catches. Gee, that's what kind of like what Devontae did. Year before that, he was hurt at 30, 418. Then he played a full 16-game schedule. In 2018, he had 113 catches, 1,373 yards, and nine touchdowns. Wow, he's had a 100-catch season. And the quarterback sucks, and you've never had a 100-catch season by a wide receiver in the franchise's history. Oh, wait, he, he, he did it again. 91 the year before, 1276. Hmm. So let's see here. How many years? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. Adam Thielen's got 464 catches and 6,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. As being the other dude. And let's not forget, they had Stefan Diggs up there. Yeah, cousin sucks. <laughs> uh, how many playoff games? Hey, how many playoff games has he won? I love that. How many playoff? Dan Marino's seven in like 10 in the postseason or some shit like that. How many both season? Uh, here's your top five now. 25 and under. NFL talent. Number five, Jamar Chase, 22 years of age. Bengals. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Receiver. That pretty much was a freak show the first year. That pretty much was a freak show that he put on there. Oh, gee, another, is this the fourth bangle? No, excuse me, it's the third bangle that's on this list. Joe Burrow, 25. Joe Burrow's 25, and Jamar Chase is 22. And that safety they have, Jesse Bates is 25. Man, the Bengals are here to stay, man. Joe Burrow, 25, quarterback. There's something Brady about him. There's just something Brady about him. Number three, Nick Boza, 24, 49ers defensive end. He is the heir apparent to Aaron Donald. He's better than Joey. And I think this kid here, I mean, he's the second best defensive lineman. In the NFL, in my opinion, Nick Boza. Okay. He's 24. How many do the Niners have on this? One, two. Number two, 25. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh. So Lamar Jackson's 25 years old. He's won an MVP 78% of his games, led the NFL in passing touchdowns, ran for 1,100 yards, brought his team to a 14-2 record, and he's 25? You're right. He sucks. (laughs) (laughs) He's 25? He's 25. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. And he's got an MVP award. (sighs) Number one, 24 years of age, Justin Herbert, Chargers, quarterback. That's the face of the NFL right here. That's the face of the NFL. I'm going to hit on this list and I'll expand a little more. Okay, this is showing you a little bit of what and how the league is going. Most of these guys are wideouts, quarterbacks. Okay, look at the wide receivers. One, two, three, four, five. One running back. Rest are quarterbacks. One, two, three, three QBs. These guys are 25 and under. That's unbelievable. Lamar Jackson is 25. That's it. Okay. I mean, 
Dude. Yeah, I'll send a li- Yeah. Yeah. Whew. Dude, I'm not saying Jordan Malata is not a good foot. I'll expand. I'll expand more. Nobody's taking a shot at Jordan Malata here. These are the 20 best players that are 25 and under, and he ain't one of the top 20. Could he be top 25? Sure. There's nothing, there's no shade in that. Really, who would you rather have, Jordan Malata or Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson? It's a preference. Okay? Jamar Chase made it to the Super Bowl. And if they would have had one decent old lineman in the building, they probably beat the Rams. Okay? They probably beat the Rams. Okay? All right, we're going to expand on this conversation here, okay? Promise you, hit the like button. By the way, Big Seal's here for Morgan & Morgan, where the fee is free, my friends. Look, if you're hurt or injured on the job, finding that attorney is one of the most important things that you can possibly do. It is so important to get that attorney to make sure that your family is protected. Last 30 years, Morgan & Morgan has collected over $13.5 billion in compensation for their clients. For the people, it's not a slogan. It's who they are, and it's what they are, man. Over 800 attorneys, strong. The army of attorneys at Morgan & Morgan will make sure when they go into a courtroom, they got your back, man. And no case is too small. They are the biggest firm in the country for casualty law firms. Nobody's going to beat Morgan & Morgan when you go into a courtroom. It's what they are, as I said. Look, the call is free, 800-512-1600. The consultation is free, 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Open 24-7, seven days a week. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor, you tell them Big Sill sent you. I'm John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. When you're hit from behind in a car crash, the insurance company may try to say, you can't possibly be hurt. It was only a few miles an hour. It's simply not true. You see, here's the thing. Getting hit at 10 miles per hour is like falling off of this. 15 miles per hour, like this. And only 25 miles per hour, this. Injured, dial pound law. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. On the field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
At Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to look, fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills, here. We appreciate you coming aboard. And we thank you very much. Uh, what did Xander say? Let's see here. I'll take Mulatto over Jesse Bates 100 times out of 100. Okay. I think Bates is a better player. Okay. I think he's a better player. When we're talking 25 and under, I think he's a better player. That doesn't mean he's not going to end up being better than Bates. But right now, Jordan Mulata is still learning to play the position. Bates is a bona fide star and has improved that defense with the Bengals so much so they made the Super Bowl and won the AFC. And he was a major component on that. This guy helped lead that Bengals team to the Super Bowl. I mean, did you not watch him in the postseason? Okay. Did you not watch him and what he did in the AFC playoffs? Finding those safeties are not that easy. Hell, the Eagles don't have anybody to play the position right now. And I like Marcus Epps. Okay? Why would Hurts be on that list? You think he's better than any of those guys that I mentioned? You, <laughs> he's better... You, so you think Jalen Hurts is better than Devin White, DJ Moore, Fred, Fred Warner, Micah Parsons, Slater, Chase Young, A.J. Brown, Metcalf, Alexander, Jonathan Taylor, Wirfs, Jefferson, Chase, Burrow, Boza, Jackson, Herbert? Who are you taking off that list? Have to put Jalen on there. We had 16 TDs last year. And again, you're making me sound like I'm bashing the kid. You guys are insanity. And once again, let's bury the lead. I'm picking you to win the NFC. I just don't think you have a quarterback in the building yet. And we're all hoping he turns into that. All hoping. All hoping. I'll tell you something here about the Bengals. Boy, the Bengals are – and look what the Bengals' style is, and I think the Eagles are starting to do this. Help me out, guys. Hey, thank you, Charles. Help me out, guys. Where, where did Bates play ball? 
Could somebody here? Let me do that. You know, I love Siri, man. Where did Jesse Bates play ball in college? Jesse Bates, Bengals. Where did he play? So he's an ACC guy. He played at Wake Forest. That's pretty good find. Wake Forest is not. I mean, mostly a hoop school, right? Five-star. I don't know if he's going to be great this year. Okay? I don't know. But look at what they did here, the Bengals. Chase, LSU. Burrow, LSU. Look at, look at these guys. Justin Herbert, Oregon. Boza, Ohio State. Lamar, Louisville. Justin Jefferson. Play at Ole Miss? Is Jefferson an Ole Miss kid? No, excuse me, LSU. He's an LSU kid. LSU. Murray OU. Taylor, Wisconsin. Brown is Ole Miss. Chase Young, Ohio State. Michael Parsons, Penn State. White, LSU. My, my, my point is, these are all big colleges and big programs. Why is that important? Get the best coaching at those places. Howie Roseman, do you know why he's in, not he, but you know why his people have improved so much the last two years in drafting? Because they're staying in the SEC. These guys are not deviating out of that because it's it's the, the chances of those guys not having been look, I'll tell you something. Like I said about about Bates. Bates being coached at was at Wake Forest. Eh, how much great coaching do you think he really got at Wake Forest? I never, you know, Wake Forest. A couple of years ago, they had a 10-win season, and they're not been bad lately, but I wouldn't go Wake Forest as a is a football, you know, dynasty. Okay? Zach says, I wouldn't have Chase Young on the list. He had one sack in his second year and wasn't doing anything before he got hurt. He was the defensive rookie of the year. He was the defensive rookie of the year. You don't think that kid at 24 is, is going to be a superstar, or is. Huh. Hey, guys, please. Hey, that's a good point, gaming. Hey, guys, please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much, man. I appreciate it. And by the way, this is not a determination of your football team. Do you know how long it takes to develop a great O-line? It takes about seven years. The Eagles have the best O-line in the NFL. That's This is not an indication on your season. How are you, how are you tying that into that? Because I'm saying some of your younger guys, how about this? How many years before you think Jordan Davis is going to be a prototypical Pro Bowl type player in the NFL? Let me hear you say this. How many years do you think it's going to – I think the Kobe Dean's going to be a star before him. Okay? How old do you think – how many years do you think it's going to take for him to be 
a top a top flight Pro Bowl calendar type of player. Every year, he's in contention to be a Pro Bowler. Three to four years. Took Michael Parsons six games. Four years? Three to five years. Two years for Davis. If it takes Jordan Davis five years to be a star player, he's a bust. Old linemen take five years. If he takes five years for him to be a star player. Dude, Adami Kitsu, I think in his first year at 10 sacks in Detroit. Dude, five years? What do you think? He's on like a GI Bill or something? What are you going to redshirt him? Five years? <laughs> Holy cow. AZ says next year when Cox is gone, he'll be a pro bowler. Well, he better improve it as a pass rusher because so far in 43 games at Georgia, he showed me nothing as a pass rusher. Now, I've said this to you before. Clayus Campbell I didn't really think was a very good player at Miami. <clears throat> I thought Calais Campbell showed flashes of being a really good player, but I never thought he was consistency consistently a good player at UM. Boy, that guy got into the NFL and he just tore it up. Calais Campbell's probably going to be considered for the hall of fame. Okay. Calais is going to be a Hall of Fame football player type. Okay. And he wasn't. So <clears throat> there, there's an example of a guy improving his game at the next level. Okay. So the 13th pick is going to be a rotation guy. And well, you know, Hardgrave and Fletcher Cox. Okay. Zach says the system was a big part of its sales. Okay, Zach. Zach, that could be very well. Linebackers and outside pass rushers at Georgia were a focal point of putting pressure on the quarterback. You're right. We saw that in both the SEC title game and the national championship game, and, and, and that's a forte of Kirby Smart. You're right. Okay, that's fair. Watch this. I'll back up on that. Okay, I'll back up on that. That system at Georgia, it's set up for blitzing backers and set up for really edge rushers, isn't it? And the guys in the middle kind of control the run game. And you have to have, do you know who N'Kobe Dean reminds me of? N'Kobe Dean reminds me of a little bit smaller Derek Brooks. Okay, Derek's like 6'2". N'Kobe's maybe not 6'1". It's okay. And he plays a style of cover two. So he's more of a cover two backer, but he's got two or three gigantic dudes in front of him. 
So his scrape lane is going to be spectacular. He's going to be able to get up and down the sideline. Health will be an issue, as it was for him at Georgia. But N'Kobe Dean reminds me, by the way, Jordan Davis and N'Kobe Dean and Devontae Smith could be on this list next year and Jordan Mulata. All these guys could still, I mean, right? What the hell could Devontae be? 22 now? He's going to potentially be on this list. Jordan Mulata is going to be on this list next year if they have the season that they're expected to. You're going to, N'Kobe Dean could be on this list. Jordan Davis could be on this list. That whole list could be completely different because these players have to play and fulfill their destinies. Okay? I don't know what N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis are going to do this year. I have no idea, and I'm not going to put them on a list just because somebody had drafted them out of Georgia. Okay? Who cares? Derek Brooks was a machine, and he was perfect in that system that Monty Kiffin had in Tampa. Plus, you had really two good defensive tackles in front of him. And you had a great corner in Rondé Barber. And you had a safety back there in John Lynch. Okay? What above all, Sills wants to trade Landon Dickerson for a first-round draft choice? It's not. That's not dumb when you have depth at your football team, dude. And I was trying to get Deshaun Watson, which, by the way, didn't come through. And by the way, if you had Deshaun Watson on this foot, well, you wouldn't have been able to, yeah, but wait a minute. So if you didn't have the Kobe Dean, he still would have addressed needs in free agency because he was 30 under the cap. You imagine if Deshaun Watson had landed here. Wow. It'd be the perennial team to beat. No, but you want Jalen. Okay. So it's funny. Would you take the current team that you have right now built? Or let's walk back on that conversation we had a couple months ago. Or would you rather have Deshaun on the team with the free agents that they signed, having given up the first rounders? And you wouldn't have got AJ. Well, maybe you could have traded for AJ or future ones that you have next year. AJ Brown and Deshaun Watson. Deshaun would have cost you the two twos this year, and you'd have to give up a one for, oh, you had three. That's right. Huh, because the Browns didn't get that package where they had to give up three in one year. They did it over a prorated. Plus, it was the $230 million that sold Deshaun. It wasn't about a landing place. Remember what that idiot guy said from the Houston Chronicle? He'll never play in Cleveland because of the weather, how bad it is with that wind blowing off the lake. Remember that guy came out of He came on our show and said that. The guy who covers the Texans. I I know Texans football, and I've been covering it for a billion years. He'll never play in Cleveland. Uh, Yeah, well, 230 million guaranteed reasons later. That wasn't true. So don't tell me he wouldn't have played in Philly. If Howie would have ponied up $230 million guaranteed, he'd be playing in Philly. It was, that's right, Chris. It was never about the team. It was about the bag of money. And he'll need that bag of money. What's going on in the courtroom? Hey, but Chris, 
Cobb did say Panthers. The Panthers in Atlanta. Why do you think Matt Ryan got all butthurt and didn't want to stay in Atlanta? Because Arthur Blank had a deal on the table, and supposedly he wanted to go home. All of a sudden, the Browns and Haslam come in, Jimmy Haslam come in, and they parachute that bag of money in of $230 million guaranteed, chained the whole thing. Everybody thought Panthers were in Falcons. Well, it was about the money in the end. It was about the dough, dude. <laughs> Man. Dude, did you hear it too? Miles Garrett is going like this now too. Miles Garrett is going in camp. He goes, man, when you watch this guy play, he's a unbelievable. He's an he's unbelievable. He's an unbelievable talent. Chris goes, I'd rather have this young roster and not Deshaun. Hmm. <laughs> really? You wouldn't want Deshaun. I think Deshaun Watson's 26. It's the only reason he's not on this list. Because he's 26. He's 26 years old. All right. I have a favor to ask you. Okay? <laughs> I know, Xander. But these guys don't take Jalen and this young roster, and you don't want Deshaun. All right. All right. Don't believe the media, too. 23 women can't be wrong. No, it's one attorney. He represents all 23. A, a, a lawyer lying. Anyway, let me do this. Can I get some help from you guys? Um, Frank Gore tomorrow. I'm working on getting Frank Gore on the program. Um, do you guys think that Frank Gore is a Hall of Fame player? Do you think he's Hall of Fame? And and uh, it's this is partial to me because I remember having a conversation with a football player at Miami, and he was crying in front of me. And I'll tell you what he was crying about. He had two catastrophic knee injuries. He was in the backfield with Edron James and Clinton Portis and all those great backs that they had. And he he he, he was crying because he got hurt for a second time. And he goes like this. He's like, I'll never. They ended up drafting him in the third round. And he was just, he, I'm in the locker room and he's crying. Sales, my, my Miami career is over. I said, I know. I'm sorry. I remember putting my arm around him, and he's weeping. Got to understand something about these Miami guys, man. We're all thick. We're all thick. You know, blood's thicker than water, man, and we're so close to one another, all of us, to generations. And I'm in there, and I'm hugging the kid. Stubbs is hugging him. Edron's hugging him. Guy blows his knee out. We're like, hey, man, God's got a better plan for you. It's not going to end here. It's not going to end here against Pittsburgh. It's not ending here. This guy goes on to rush for 16,000 yards. 
only Walter Payton and Emmett Smith have more rushing yards than Frank Gore. Let me say that again to you. Only Emmett Smith and Walter Payton have more rushing yards than Frank Gore. Manster, you heard it. He's got 16,000 rushing yards. I had to look it up. I could not believe that. There was never a time when I went like this. Frank Gore is the best back in the game. Yeah, but Chris, a running back, how many years? That's even an anomaly to say how many years he played. Running backs don't last as Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott, compared to Gore, Gore is a Hall of Famer. He stiffed the Eagles after verbally agreeing. The Eagles settled for the Cowboys to Marco Murray. Well, he probably didn't like Howie. He played for like 50 years and was productive. I'll ask, I'll ask Frank. Well, well, I'll tell you what. Oh, that was Chip Kelly. Probably didn't want to play for Chip. He probably was recruited by Chip to go to Oregon. He probably hated Chip. Hey, man, Chip Kelly, who in their right mind would play for Chip Kelly? Ask Shady McCoy. Okay, 16 years, 16,000 yards. So he averaged 1,000 yards a year for 16 years. <laughs> hey, man, I had a look. Can you believe that he's got, he's got more rushing yards than Jim Brown, O.J. Simpson, Eric Dickerson, Adrian Peterson. I would have never in a million years went, well, that guy's got more rushing yards than Jim Brown. Wow. That's incredible. So I'm so happy for him. And we're Gail Sayers, Chris. I'll tell you, I'll say this to you, man. I think Gail Sayers played in 60 games and made it to the Hall of Fame. I don't know if he was 30 when he went to the Hall of Fame. I don't know. I don't know. When he retired and he went into the Hall, he may have been 30. Like the youngest guy ever to get in. I mean, I, I only think he played 60 ball games or some shit like that. It's incredible. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Gates. You're right. I love that comment, too. Would you rather have a Hall of Fame ring or would you rather have a Super Bowl ring? Gore at 1695 in San Francisco in 2006. All right. Please hit the like button. We're going to reset. We're going to hopefully catch up with Phil Sims at the bottom of the hour at 530 Eastern time. He's at a camp. It's either going to be today or tomorrow, but it's tentative for today. He reached out to me and texted me. I'm hoping he gets home from his camp so that we can do a little bit with Phil Sims. That will be at the bottom of the hour. We appreciate it so much. We're going to reset everything. 
Please hit the like button. Hour three coming up. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to bite to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan, forthepeople.com. field of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank do you stream on a roku fire stick android tv or apple tv now you can watch 6abc 24 7 with the 6abc philadelphia streaming app the big story and that can search 6abc philadelphia and start streaming today in Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Three National Football Show. It's your boy Big Sills. Please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard. We really appreciate it. We're going to effort our friend Phil Sims. He's at a camp right now. Phil texted me a couple minutes ago and he said that he's going to try to get back in time for him to be able to do the show. Okay. So we're hoping that we're going to be able to catch up with him today, if not today, tomorrow. So it's tentative for 5.30 Eastern time. Till then, we appreciate you guys coming aboard. Doc Rivers was in hour number one. If you missed that interview, please go back and watch it. I thought Doc was spectacular. And Doc's been a friend of mine for 20 years. I've known him for a long time. I've known him actually since his time as the Orlando Magic coach. 
I had my show on in Orlando and I had a house in Orlando at the time. And he and I used to go play golf every Friday after my show. I, I we'd go over to um, one of the country clubs there that doc belonged to and Dr. Phillips where he still has a house there, by the way. And um, it's where his son played uh, high school basketball. And I used to go to high school basketball games and watch his son play. Uh, did his son go to Duke? I think his son went to Duke, right? Am I right when I say that, that his son um, went to Duke and played? And um, we used to go watch his kid play basketball. And Doc was the head basketball coach with the Magic. And my wife and I used to get courtside seats. And we'd sit right behind the bench. And we're sitting there watching Doc Rivers coach um, the Magic. We had such a great time when he was a coach there. Austin Rivers went to Duke. Okay. And I know Doc gets a lot of shit, and I know a lot of people in Philly aren't very happy with the results right now because of all the pain that people have gone through. But as a person, I know Doc Rivers. I've been around Doc, and he's good folks, man. He really is. He's good folks. All right. Enough of that. So that's an hour or two if you missed it. After the show, I'm sure we're going to post the interview of Doc Rivers, but you can also go back and watch the show. We've had some compelling topics. And again, I'm going to kind of reset here a little bit. And I'm kind of broadening out some of the topics that we hit on in the first hour here. So I'm, I, want, I want to ask you one more time here. Who's your best player on your football team right now, you think, if you're in Philadelphia? Who's your best player? Who's your best player? Write this down here. I want to make a point to you. So you think Lane Johnson's your best player? Actually, that's what pro football focus thinks. So you want to go, okay, Lane, Kelsey, Slay, AJ, who else? Dallas Goddard. By the way, this is no one particular order. These are people you're naming. I'm going to try to prove a point to you on something. Okay. Anybody else? who you think is the best player on the Eagles. Okay. Dickerson. Fletcher Cox. Who's the best player on the Eagles? Smith, AJ, uh, well, here, just keep, who do you think are the best players? Well, here's who you guys have said so far. And by the way, in no order, the best player that you think, BR, you got it. Lane, Kelsey, Slay, AJ, Dallas Goddard, Dickerson, 
Fletcher Cox. Let's. So active is at eight and thinks that. Do you really think Jalen Hurts is the best player on your football team? Active, this is who you think is the best player on the And you think Jalen Hurts is your best star on your team? Riddick. <clears throat> Flex, I'm not trolling. I'm asking a question. Trolling is making a lie up. You guys gave me this list. I didn't do this. You did this. <laughs> Trolling? Lane, Kelsey, Slay. You haven't even said Devontae. So we're at number eight, and you haven't even named your quarterback. Oh, okay, I got you. Thank you, Kenneth. Okay, I got it. I got it. My bad. Oh, okay, my bad. I'm sorry. Sometimes I can't read. Ask, ask Xander. He'll tell you. <laughs> okay. Oh, Eastside Monster finally... He finally has figured out big sales. Oh my God. Eastside monster has finally done it. Mulata. I love Mulata. There's nine. Big sales leading the witness. Are you saying that I lead people in different Directions. Are you saying that I'm setting the table up here for a rip? It's <laughs> Chris, Eastside Monster. Are you saying that I'm leading the witnesses here? Huh? Are you saying that I, me, simple minded Cilio, is leading the witnesses? How could I be? I'm not that smart. How could that possibly be? I need a napkin. <laughs> uh, he's trapped. Gates! Me? As soon as you ask it, Big Sills. <laughs> I'll expand if I may, Your Honor. Or Your Honor's. So you guys, without Devontae Smith, and I asked you the question, who your best football player was on your Eagles team? You said Lane, Kelsey, Slay, A.J., Dallas Goddard, Dickerson, Fletcher Cox, Hassan Reddick, and Jordan Mulata. Where's Jalen? <laughs> Where, where's Jalen? So Jalen's your 10th best player? No, because Devontae. So Jalen's your 11th best player? Man, how can that be? How can that possibly be? You know, last hour I was talking about the top 20, under 25 players in the NFL. He's not even on your top 10. 
How can that be? Overruled. Continue. Hang on. Wait a minute, Your Honor. Wait a minute. I think I've made my case, Your Honor. Guilty as charged. You guys are the jury, kind of, in a way. Look at look at Flex. If, if. Excuse me, Your Honor. Flex is dealing in hypotheticals. I'm dealing in facts. Okay? <laughs> Sills is being held in contempt. Hang on. Wait a minute, Your Honor. Holy cow, he wants to put me in contempt. Okay? Hold on, hold on, hold on. This guy thinks I'm in my cousin Vinny. That's right, Eastside Monster. Flex, that's hearsay. You guys did name Jalen Hurts. I named you my top 20, 25 and under NFL players. And you were upset that I put Jalen. But he's not even on your top 10 list. As the best Eagles. Gentlemen and ladies of the jury. I make my case here with nothing but facts. That the Eagles have a quarterback issue still. Because the facts are that not even the Eagle fan base believes that Jalen Hurts is one of the top 10 players on the team. We just proved it with the people that we ask. I rest my case. Eastside Monster. All I'm saying, I present the facts. Nothing more. Just the facts. And what I love about this, gentlemen and ladies of the jury, contempt of delusional. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. I didn't bring these out. The jury did. If the glove don't fit, you must have quit. James. Don't bring up Jack Webb. Dude, you're killing my demo. Nobody knows who's Jack Webb. I do, but don't. Younger, and don't use Perry Mason. Nobody knows who he is. My daughter would tell you that. Dad, stop talking about sacking Joe Montana. Nobody knows who he is. Oh, Are you saying that, wait a minute, are you saying like, hey, Dr. Lee, is it possible that Dan Cilio has contaminated the facts? Well, he wasn't wearing gloves when he was writing this down, and he didn't really have all the facts here. Okay, Johnny Sills Cochran, I actually kind of like that one. So you guys, wait a minute. You guys indicted Jalen. 
Hunger. I'm going to leave it alone because we had Lenny Dykstra on yesterday. So nuts, I'm going to leave it there. (laughs) You indicted Jalen Hurts. The facts are saying it. Okay, is it possible? Is it possible that some of yous, some of yous, is it possible that some of you need new glasses? Is it possible that when you're watching your boy Jalen Hurts play, how about another level of eyeglasses, dear? <laughs> Look at all that gook. <laughs> Look at all those interceptions. Look at all that gook. Mona Lisa Vito. (laughs) (sighs) I'm I'm disappointed in all of you. You guys are hating on Jalen today. For the first time, it's not Dan. You are hating on Jalen. You're 10 players here. What you said today, everybody who's brand new in here, okay, all youths in here, all the youths, GT said it, Andrew said it, BR said it, Gates said it, Christopher said it, Chris said it. So you think Jalen's better than Milada or Hassan Riddick? Don't get the position being more important in their positions confused. Wait, wait, hey, TT, why are you hollering at me? Now you sound like you're at my dinner table with my Italian family here, and you think because you hollered the loudest means that you're going to win the argument. That may be good on the air in Philadelphia, in one of those two stations with all Utes. Okay, but all I'm saying is the loudest guy in the room is usually the weakest guy in the room. And here you go, because you're hollering at me here. You know, okay, you think you're winning the argument. You ain't winning the argument, GT. That's not how it works. It only works in the silly old household. Oi. Hearsay. You guys indicted, Your Honor. I'm going to put forth the evidence that the folks watching my show today can confuse me with being a Jalen Hurts hater. Even though, Your Honor, I have said that they're going to win the NFC, these are the 10 best players that GT, Big Chris, Eastside Monster, Gates, Sydney set of your best players and your honor in the process i put together the top 20 25 and under players and they were mad at me because i only had aj brown on here all i did your honor was put the facts out there i rest my case you indicted your boy 
I don't have to do anything. Good night. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, why do you get mad at me when you guys are saying this stuff? Guilty. <laughs> oh, man. Guilty. I feel for you guys, man. Because you know what? You know what? You know what the problem is right now? Can I tell you, Xander, here's the problem that Eagle fans have. I'm going to help you. Dr. Cilio is here to help you. You ready? You guys are caught in a relationship right now that you're not really sure about. And, you know, you want to somehow try to get out of it, but you got to make it work. And you're sitting there because you're like, I really don't got any other place to go. And the chick that I was dating wasn't as good looking as the one I got now. So she makes a good pasta fazole. And so, you know, I mean, <laughs> she's not bad with pizza, too. She kind of shows up on time. She's good, you know, and, you know, you're I don't know. So I'm in a relationship, man. She's on time and she dresses nice and she's really good. And so, you know, what do I do? I'm in a relationship. I don't know. <laughs> hey, here's here, here's Xander. She makes a, you know, a fairly decent, like you know, salad. No Italian meals. You know, my wife. My wife in real life, my wife makes a shitload of Italian meals. Okay? Here at Big Sills eats seafood, Italian, and Chinese food. Mexican food, too. I like Mexican food. Oh, and I do like um, Cuban food. But it's Italian. Italian is seafood. Hey. You know, you're kind of in a marriage right now where you're like, man, she makes a bratwurst sandwich. Do I look like a bratwurst Sandwich guy? I'm more of a sausage guy. <laughs> you know? She makes white rice. <laughs> I don't eat white rice. I don't eat white anything. <laughs> ah. Right? No, 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 Rico. We're not we're not going down that rabbit hole. I've learned a lesson. <laughs> Believe me, there's two guests that I've had on in the last two weeks. I've I've learned my lessons. Okay. Hey, go ahead. <laughs> we're, 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 no, we're, we're, we're putting guardrails up from now on. Uh, no, no, that ain't working. No, no. When I, when I, hey, go ahead. Yeah, sure. That's what Xander's like. Go ahead. Oh. So you guys are in a relationship. You kind of like the chick. She's good. She's nice. She's on time. She looks good. Smells good. <laughs> you know? Eh, not every time she does the right thing, you know, it's all good. What do you want me to do? Yeah, that, but no, no, that's what this is. You know what this is? This is you when you go to a, like a grocery store, a delicatessen, and you go to a delicatessen and you go like this. Yeah, give me the frozen Papa John's. <laughs> no Italian in his right mind. It's a frozen pizza. I don't think I've ever had a frozen pizza in my life. And you got a frozen pizza. Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback's a frozen pizza. Where'd you get it from? That's Papa John's. Papa who? 
Uh, hey, it's Papa John's. You know, hey, how you doing? It's like when, when people go like this to me. Hey, you ever been to Tony Romo's? Um, the quarterback? He goes, no, Tony Romo's, the Italian restaurant. That's not Italian. <laughs> you think it's Italian, but that ain't Italian restaurant. Giovanni's is an Italian restaurant. Gino's. Yeah, you know, I'll give you the, you know. Those are, those are the, uh, Tony Romo's and the Olive Garden are not Italian restaurants. <laughs> hey, Sills. You ever been to an Olive Garden? No. <laughs> I may have thrown up in an Olive Garden parking lot, but I don't believe I've ever been to an Olive Garden in my life. Oh. Hold on. Wait a minute here. Five Star says I'm kicking sand in the face of a... Now I feel like you're trying... <laughs> really, Ken? This just in. Really? Uh, Olive Garden's not Italian, bro. I told you, man. I hate to tell Xander this, but I told that story. When Bear Bryant was recruiting me to go to Alabama, I said, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> How many times have you ever had on your team? We had Johnny Musso. Who? My grandfather goes, yeah, Johnny Musso. My granddad knew who he was. I said, okay, what's the name of the city you're in? He goes, Tuscaloosa. I go, Tuscaloosa? I had to look that up on the map, Tuscaloosa. And then, and then he goes, then he goes, do we have any Italian restaurants? He goes, yeah, um, Little Italy. <laughs> I went, oh. <laughs> I go, what's the cook's name? Yin Lee. I go, hang on. <laughs> I go, wait a minute. So you got a Chinese gentleman that's your head chef at Little Italy's name Young Lee, he goes, yeah, he makes a hell of a meatball. I'm like, yeah, yeah you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I think, Coach, you know, I don't know, man. I don't think that's going to be for big sales. I go, no, man. He sent me a postcard, though. I still have it. And he was really cool. No way, man. I was like, hey, Young Lee. <laughs> yeah. So you have a Chinese gentleman that's your head chef at Little Italy's in Tuscaloosa. <laughs> I don't think so. I wouldn't even ask Big Joe Krause to open up the credit card for that one. I'm like, you know, let's go to Olive Garden. <laughs> oh, man. Carabas, another non-Italian restaurant. Those aren't Italian restaurants. They're phony Italian restaurants. I'm not saying you have a phony quarterback. All I'm saying is, you know, you're kind of in a relationship now that, you know, you got to, you know, you got to kind of answer. GT goes, is Hurts your quarterback? Yes or no? Yeah, he's on the team. Got to win games with him. Do I think he can win games? I do. Do I think he can win an NFC championship? I'm expecting him to with this team. Yeah. Schedule. Talent on the team. Best O-line in football. Improvements on defense. Yeah. And if he can't, he's out. I'm not giving him past week eight to figure this out. This is the NFL, friends. 
This is the NFL. This is big boy league. There's no training wheels. You don't get a GI bill or you're redshirted. Okay. You ain't getting that old college pat on the back. Well, we'll get them next week at Kansas. Nobody gets that here. Nobody gives a shit where you played. How many Heismans or how many this and all American? Nobody cares. It's the big boy league. Okay. It's a business, man. And, and, and by the way, you fans should demand it. How much money does it cost you to go to an um, Eagle game? How much money does it cost you to buy a ticket to go to a Philadelphia Eagle game? Honestly, season tickets, parking. Is parking, hey, is parking 100 bucks to park at the link? How much is it to park? 350 Gates, get the Gates. No, it doesn't. I don't believe Gates. Gates, it better not be. 300 bucks. And you're going to sit around and go, hey, let's give them another year. Shit on that. 350 So if you bring a family of four, you're talking 1500 bucks. You're talking another 100 for parking? Hell, you, even, you haven't even got to Johnny Sue with the Cokes and the banners and the hot dogs and the hamburgers. So you're telling me you spend two grand for a family of four at Lincoln Financial every weekend, and you want to give a quarterback a year to show me? Holy cow. I wouldn't give you five minutes. Holy, the beers have to be 25 bucks a shot. Wow, I get goosebumps. I ain't giving anybody that kind of time. Wow, you guys are really cool with your money, man. You must be a boatload of billionaires. Holy shit. You spend two grand a week at Lincoln Financial to sit there and go, eh, Jalen, you know, we'll see if he can do it this year. Oh, my God. I get now why you ran Wentz's ass out of town. I would too. Whoa. 350. You love your team. Dude, you must be a billionaire then. $350 a ticket. I couldn't afford, I couldn't afford to bring my family there. I couldn't afford to bring my family to a game. Wow, you guys are really dope. Must be a lot of great jobs in Philly. Man. Wow. Xander's like 350 is like upper level. So to sit in the nosebleeds, that's 350. I think it can't be. 
getting away. You spend $2,200 a game to wait on a quarterback, whether or not he's going to be the guy, and you put 69937 in the building? I'll tell you what. If I lived in Philadelphia and my quarterback was not going to win 12 or 13 games every year, don't mistake this for not being a fan. I demand, you demand for me to open my wallet and support you. And if you ain't putting that thing on the field to win, rent's due in September, kid. Rent's, rent's due in September. They have to pay these players' sales now. No, 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 no. Put that back up one more time. Put that back up. No, 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 gaming. You have to pay the players. He ain't. He's taking his TV money and putting it in the bank. And the value of the team goes up 18% every year. And he goes out and gets loans and shit like that. No, 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 no. You are paying for the players. You are paying the $100 million for A.J. Brown. You are paying for Hassan Reddick, $15 million a year. You are doing that, not him. Wow. $2,200. All right. We're going to try to effort still our friend Phil Sims. I'm going to text him here. Please hit the like button. There's no excuses now. Uh, by the way, now that I know that there's a financial hit to all the great fans that show up here and that Lincoln Financial, you're never going to get a pass here. $2,200 a week for a family of four to go to home games? So you're telling me over two preseason games – you're telling me you, you dish out $22,000 a year in Eagle tickets? And you're going to put a guy on training wheels, a quarterback. Shit on that. Hit the like button. I got to get out of this because this is aggravating me. We're still going to try to effort our friend Phil Sims. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the polls and the pools go for the ooze and the oz go for the bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Slam dunk champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. We're still trying to effort our friend Phil Sims. Hopefully he's going to be able to step in with us here for a couple minutes here, or we're going to reschedule him for tomorrow. So he had a camp. He was trying to get back with us at 530 Eastern time. So Phil's been on numerous times with us and um, he'll find time for us. And we appreciate him finding time for us too. So um do you, do you understand what the last segment was about with me? You know, it's funny. Organizations always say this to their fan base. Hey, you know, if they build it, they will come. You know, which means you invest and they'll build it. Well, no. Let them build it and I'll come. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put. $2,200 a weekend on a football team that doesn't win championships. And by the way, how here, I'm not saying that they're not doing this the last two years. Okay. I'm not, but with the expectations of this year, you should demand that tickets aren't cheap. Financial responsibility it's like that one guy said, it's on you, not the owner. The owner is not paying for this. You are. Every time you show up to Lincoln Financial, you're paying Hassan Reddick and A.J. Brown's salary. There is, Yale. There's a great buzz around it. But, dude, don't confuse that with doing this. Because Xander tells me there's a small percentage of the fan base that goes like this. I really like Jalen. We win 10 games. We're good. For four hundred dollars a ticket? No, they're not. No, 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 no. 
That's not acceptable. And the fan bases that tolerate that, I never got that. Why would you ask me to invest my hard-earned disposable cash for a team that's not striving to win championships every year? Like, why would you be a Jet fan? Why would you honestly be a Jet fan and go to games at MetLife? You couldn't. You couldn't catch me at one of those games. You would never in your – if someone said, Cilio bought a Jets ticket, you would go, you have to check that guy's DNA because I know Sills. Big Sills ain't doing that. I like seeing greatness. Yale, so you spend $2,000 to go boo your team? I don't know if that's all that dumb. I don't know if that's all that dumb. I, I I don't know if that's all dumb. Letting them have it? Yeah, but yeah, get this. I, I, I don't know if that's dumb. Okay? We're broken. Our team sucks, Dander. Hey. <laughs> Maybe you're more pissed off because you spend all that cash and you're like, you mother, no wonder, hey, now I know why your face is so tough. Maybe, wait a minute, I might be looking at this wrong. Now I know why you're so tough. You make me spend that mother, you make me spend that kind of money and you suck like that and you make decisions like that, you mother. Day, do I sound like that? Hey, right? I might I might actually sound like that. Right? Hmm. Maybe I'm more closer to being a Philadelphia Eagle fan than I thought. Right? You make me come here in the cold. You make me freeze my baguettes off. And you shit the bed like this, you mother... Hey, I... <laughs> Do, hey, do I sound like an Eagle fan? Hey, do I sound like an Eagle fan when I do that? Because then I could, hey, I could see myself doing this, right? Hey, hey, wait a minute. No, I could see myself doing this. When Doug comes to town, I'm going to put myself, how would I act with Doug Peterson if he comes to town? Hey, Doug, great job, man. Way to win the Super Bowl. Really love you, man. You're a good dude. That's what I would do. I'd do this. Tell me if this fits with you guys. This is how I would do Doug. This is like before the game. Walk out there and stretching. That's all you get, Junior. We're done. You're the enemy now. As far as I'm concerned. Hey, when you retire from coaching... You know, then you come back and, you know, we'll put your name up there next to Jerome's and all that. We're good. Right? And when Wentz comes back, I would do this. You made me spend all that money. I believed in you, you mother. You piece of, you know what, man? You, I don't give a shit about you. Hey, I hope 
you break your other leg. Do I sound like an Eagle fan when I do that? <laughs> I think that's what I would do. Okay? Right? Hey, and, 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 and for Cowboy games, I'd be like this. Look at Andy. Andy, and then for Cowboy games, this is how I would act. Here they come. Look at them. Look at them. These guys think they're better than me. Hey, you think you're better than me, don't you? I know you do, but you ain't. We've won more championship games than you'll ever do, brother. Okay? Oh, wait a minute. Xander Oh, you know, Xander just pissed me off more because the Cowboy games are double the price. Be like, they doubled the price on me to come into this bitch. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to light your ass on fire, dog. You're the Cowboy. You, you ain't better than me, guy. Paper champions. You're paper champions. Okay? You're paper champions. That's how, hey. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I looked at this thing wrong here, man, on you guys. Maybe I looked at it wrong. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I did. I don't know. Wow, that's a lot of money, man. 350 bucks. That sounds like us, Sills. <laughs> I'm dogging on myself when I'm shitting on saying something about the ticket prices. Sills, we're going to tell Cowboy fans, your players weren't even... <laughs> <laughs> they weren't even alive when you won the last Super Bowl. That's a good one. Why so angry, Celia? I'm not angry. No, no, no. I'm not angry. I'm just playing a role here, Junior. Poor Wentz. That's not what I'd be thinking. Oh, my God. I would have that. My, my wife would have that Cowboy team in tears. She would have that Cowboy team in tears. Wait, so cowboy tickets are 400 bucks? I would be aggravated with that alone. All right. <laughs> uh, Jimmy who? Doug F and who? I don't think you're going to do that to Doug Peterson, no. I don't. Jimmy's like, well, don't go there with the GI Bill, dude. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Easy, Jimmy. Holy cow. I bet burnt toast bugs. Hey, I bet burnt toast bugs you too, Jimmy. Good grief almighty. Lighten up, guy. <laughs> Always one guy in the room when you say something that they take it that you're disrespect, Jesus criminy. God, I hate that guy. Hey, did you say something about something negative about America with GI Bill? Everybody's so soft today. But he's di you actually think that I took a shot at the United States of America when my wife's brother-in-law was killed? Serving this country.
some people. That's probably why I'm not on the radio anymore because I can't take that stuff. I can't take those people like that. I can't. And I, you know, it's more so this, I don't want to. Because when you say something in jest, somebody today takes it and then dissects it. You know, one day we got to play my rant on there, um, Xander. And you know, when I played my rant, because I worked for Beasley, boy, they got a big week going on in Philly, don't they? And somebody like called into the Miami station when I was down on QAM. Did you see what Salio said? Hey, stick him in the gut, hit him in the balls. Okay, I did this on the radio. And someone goes, Cilio said, pull a knife out and stick him in the, and, and cut his throat. And everyone, I was like, really? Have you ever heard of a metaphor? Hey, BR, if we played it, you would, it's, it's considered one of the greatest rants of all time. They played in Boston all the time. They play my rant all the time. Okay. And it's mine. I own it. So, I mean, hey. Hey, you know, hey, Kenneth, you're right. It's all good, man. All good. Hey, 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 Jimmy. I didn't mean that. I apologize. Forgive me. Jimmy. Thank you for your service, sir. I mean that. Thank you. Sorry. You're a combat vet. Excuse me. Forgive me. Okay. Hmm. Some people eat steak. Some people eat veggies. Lenny had a good rant yesterday. Oh, no, 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 he didn't. <laughs> no, 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 he didn't. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm steak, your veggies. <laughs> yeah, man. That's funny, man. Let's get back to the Eagles. Okay, Andy. Morning, EC Jr. And look at Andy, man. Andy is so, hey. Andy, let me tell you something, man. Okay? Can I tell you why certain shows in your city doesn't work? It's right there. Hey, Xander, put up Andy. See how simple that is? Let's get back to the Eagles. I don't give a shit about the Cowboys. I don't care about the Lions. I don't care about the Vikings. I don't care about Madison Avenue. I don't give a shit about LA. I don't give a shit about Ukraine. I don't care about anything. Except Detroit and the Vikings when they get to the link for the home opener. I don't care about anything else. Do you understand that, Cilio? You could bring up anything you... I don't care. Yeah, but I did something in my... I don't care. <laughs> you, you don't want to hear about my life? No! I don't want to hear about your life. You don't want to hear about what I... No! I don't care. No, no, we're not bashing Sims. No, no, no. No. 
Phil's been on twice, man. He's coming on. Don't worry. He'll get here. I'm going to have to reschedule. It's all good. He'll be on tomorrow. I promise you. We've had Phil a boatload of times. We've even had his kid. We've had Phil like three times. And we've had his kid like three times or two, I think. Seals, you need to stop bringing anti-American trash like Woke Rivers on your show. You don't like Doc Rivers? Doc Rivers is the... Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, wait, I just got through saying Doc Rivers is the coach of your 76ers team. I asked him what he was going to do with James Harden. Nobody else in Philly's asking that question. To Doc. Hey, by the way, let me ask you something. Has Doc Rivers done an interview in Philadelphia on a radio station? Has Doc Rivers done, since the season ended, has he done an interview? Has Doc Rivers done an interview in Philly? Oh, but he came on with me. Oh. And I asked him a question that no one else would. Okay, what are you going to do with James Harden? You want him back, right, Doc? Yes. You're going to re-sign him, right, Doc? That's the plan. Okay? That's the plan. So has Doc gone on anywhere in Philly? Doc don't even go on the Fanatic. That's the home team. Doc Rivers hasn't been on the Fanatic since the season ended. He came on with me. <laughs> he didn't even go on the morning guy. It was the only decent show on that lineup now. Did I say that? I apologize. Oh, will you please leave Lenny Dykes for a long? Hey, believe me. Trust me. We got it. <laughs> hey. Oh, what do you, you think? Doc, so Doc's lying? Blow your horn. That's called a wazool, Jeff. Here, let me... Hey, Jeff, my grandfather used to do it. Jeff, you know what a swine head is? It's two hairs on a pig's ass, my grandfather used to say. But my grandfather also used to go like this. We're going to play the swine... Okay, you know, that's... That's the tutor. <laughs> my grandfather goes, no horn blowing. The swine head. GT, man, do we not have a lot of fun? Eastside Monster, you you, you indicted me today, and I feel like, you know, I feel a little dirty today because you called me out on something. And by the way, you now understand my, my, my technique a little bit here, and it bugs me a little bit that you found out my technique, that I lead to witnesses. Xander knows this too, okay? Didn't take Xander long, but he kind of figured out how I do things. I kind of lead things, you know, kind of to where I want to go. I put the horse in the trough. Remember something. Never invest in the in the horse. Always invest in the jockey because the jockey leads the horse to water. Eh. Okay? Don't ever invest in the widget. I asked Warren Buffett that. He gave me that advice. I go, so you invest in this one company, Warren. It's really great. He goes, I don't even know what they make. I invest in people. I go in and if I see poor management and I know there's poor management, I fix that. 
He goes, always invest in people. Don't invest in the project. Because the person that has the project is usually the driving force behind that project. So you invest in the person. That's the best advice I ever got from anybody was from Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett's been on my program a few times. (laughs) Xander, put that up one more time. Rico, you couldn't steer Lenny. I did everything of my power, Rico, to try to steer that stunad, and I couldn't do it. My Oh, for the record, my aunt lit me up. Just so you know, that guy was the filthiest guy I've ever... I, we know. <laughs> my aunt lit me... So you know, I, I, get, I got hollered at for that. Oh, my God. What the hell was the filth... She wanted me to apologize to all the women. Oh, my... Hey, Manster, I got lit up. My aunt's like, you... That's the dirtiest, filthiest... I was like... I I I I know. Yeah, I I know. Doc Rivers is live on the channel, and all you knuckleheads, if you missed it, please do me a favor, go over and watch it. We apologize about Phil, but we kind of said it was going to be somewhat tentative there, and Phil will join us tomorrow. Though he promised us that he's going to join us tomorrow, so we're going to get a hold of him, and we'll have him on the show tomorrow. So once again, we apologize for that. We'll we'll throw somebody else in there. Maybe Merrill Reese in there. We'll get his ass on. Love talking to Merrill. We'll talk some Eagles. We really appreciate all you guys. You guys have been spectacular. It's his Wi-Fi. No, that's his kid's Wi-Fi. His kid's Wi-Fi makes him look like Max Hedrum. Okay? So if you missed the show in any way, please go back and watch it. First hour, we did have Doc Rivers on. He was spectacular. I know, but he was. Okay, hit the like button. We thank you guys so much for coming aboard. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern, we'll see you on the flip side. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.